I want to play you something. I'm going to take you back just a little bit. This is something my next guest alerted me to. And um, I think it rings true with a lot of what we are witnessing today. But it takes us back uh, to 2016 in a liberal galaxy. Far, 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 far away. Well, I think one of the things that, that people hope for in a democracy is that the values and the approach that you choose someone for uh, are going to be the values and approach that they uh, lead by. You wouldn't want someone to pretend to be one way uh, when they're getting elected and then completely change uh, once they're doing the job you chose them for. You want to be able to present something that is consistent and authentic to who they are, and that's exactly what I've been doing. Mm, yeah, that was then. This is now. <laughs> oh, how things have changed for our Unicorn Prime Minister. Um, and as we head into an election, I think voters will now be able to decide if Ms. Trudeau, you know, Mr. Trudeau has lived up to those words. And given what we have learned and what Jane Philpott has revealed, which is that an apology and accountability would have wrapped this up and what Jody Wilson-Raybould is saying. Well, you know, sorry does seem too hard for our prime minister to say. Def Conacher is with Democracy Watch. Good to have you, uh, Mr. Conacher. Uh, we heard that we heard that word from Jane Philpott and Jody Wilson-Raybould today that had the prime minister said sorry, that this this thing would probably have been wrapped up a long time ago. Would, would this have made, in your mind, this thing go away? Not entirely, uh, because, uh, and Jody Wilson-Raybould has said this herself, she didn't think anything illegal happened. But there is uh, this part of the uh, federal ethics law that says you can't even attempt to use your influence to try and improperly further businesses or a person's interests. And it was improper to be pressuring the attorney general. And it was definitely furthering SNC-Lavalin's interest in having the prosecution stop. So um, that would be a violation. So that finding is still to be made. The ethics commissioner is investigating a complaint that Democracy Watch filed. And so it wouldn't have made it go away just by saying sorry, because it would still amount to, I think, a clear violation of the federal ethics law. Yeah. And Jody Wilson-Raybould is speaking publicly quite a bit more um, today now that she is an independent. uh, So she's got the freedom to do so. But I think a lot of the takeaway that I get from what she is saying is at the end of the day, everyone's getting lost in all the the, nuance of this, the, uh, the muddied waters. At the end of the day, she was fighting about the rule of law and the prime minister uh, who she wanted to apologize for it because she put conditions on it. She wanted an apology. She wanted uh, three people fired as well as, um, you know, an admission from the prime minister that he did in fact pressure her and a guarantee that the new AG would not put that uh, DPA through. And the prime minister obviously did not make that deal with her because they are uh, and have been expelled. Yes. And I would actually, question whether those demands were made by her explicitly. It's sources saying that, and uh, the Prime Minister has already spun a few stories about Jody Wilson-Raybould to make her look bad. He he let uh, Liberal MPs and others slag her in, in very, very derogatory terms, and in some cases racist terms, for a week before he denounced it uh, and apologized for not denouncing it the first time it started to happen. But um, these are sources saying this. There's mm-hmm. no confirmation that she required these things of him in order to. And Jane Philpott has said, as far as she knows, there wasn't a, a definite list 
uh, of requirements for uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould to essentially express confidence in the Prime Minister again. I mean, if that's their uh, strategy, though, I mean, uh, that's not the way I read it. I mean, I thought, okay, that is reasonable. She thought she was going to get fired. She was being pressured to cross uh, rules and, and lines. And, okay, that to me would have been the negotiation. So if their, their strategy was to make her look bad, uh, it failed again. Also, yes, but there is one thing she should have done. She should have reported the wrongdoing when it happened. She was not required to resign. Some people say, oh, under this constitutional principle, if this happens, the attorney general must resign. Why should she resign? She's not doing the wrong. It's the the people who are pressuring her who are are, uh, committing wrongdoing. But she should have gone public with it and let the chips fall where they may, because it was wrongdoing and it should have been reported publicly by her. Uh, Now, obviously, she's in a difficult position. She was a liberal. She's a cabinet minister. And as she says in the recorded phone call, she's trying to protect the prime minister from and to stop him from doing this because it is uh, a violation of this constitutional principle, constitutional principle, our fundamental law of our country. And she's trying to stop it from happening. But it keeps going on and on. That's the only thing she did wrong. But she was in a difficult position, obviously. She wanted to remain in cabinet. She was a liberal and she was trying to protect her prime minister. It's all a reason why the attorney general should not be a member of cabinet so that the attorney general would just be thinking, what upholds the law here, as opposed to having any political uh, partisan thoughts in mind. And uh, that system should definitely be changed so that the attorney general is just a lawyer, not a politician. And in your mind, interestingly, when I read read some of her thoughts today, she said, you know, because she's been asked so many times, why did you stay as a liberal? Why were you as a liberal? And she said, well, I got elected as a liberal, so I was going to fulfill that mandate as well as I believed in that mandate. But I don't recognize that party anymore. And so when I play the clip of Mr. Trudeau from, you know, a couple of years back, you know, as he's explaining his style of leadership, um, she doesn't recognize the party, and I don't think he does either, because he has not lived up to the words he said, you know, about value in democracy and living up to the person you tell people you are. Yes, and also many more words were included in ministers' letters, like you shall maintain the highest ethical standards, you should, you shall be act with honesty in everything you do. And in uh, a guide that he updated, it used to be called the Accountable Government Guide uh, and for ministers. And it, he updated it and, and added uh, some rules for ministerial staff in terms of ethics and also changed the title to Open and Accountable Government Guide for Ministers. And where's the openness when you're shutting down an investigation that the Justice Committee is undertaking uh, into this whole affair? And we still haven't heard from seven of the 11 people that Jody Wilson-Raybould named in her testimony. And they didn't invite her back a second time uh, to testify, even though they gave the clerk of the Privy Council two, att- two opportunities to testify. How is that openness? Plus the fact that Trudeau and the Prime Minister's office spun, spun uh, eight different stories. Mm-hmm. And they still have not said that anything was wrong Uh, even though inadvertently they have admitted to wrongdoing because they said there was no inappropriate pressure put on her. And there's no such thing as appropriate pressure. Any pressure is illegal. Unless they experience it differently. Just before I let you go, I've only got about 30 seconds. David Lametti was asked today, again, if he's going to do this DPA. And he said, I will not let anyone pressure me or tell me what to do. But he's not saying no. Is there any way that they can actually do this and get away with it? Uh, I think 
what they'll try and do is delay the case till after the election, delay it going forward, and SNC can file motion after motion to do that very easily. Uh, so can the government file some motions? And then after the election, they'll either not pursue the prosecution, or if it is pursued, they will reduce the penalty so that, in effect, SNC-Lavalin will never be banned from bidding on federal government contracts. Yeah, it's good to have friends in high places. But it won't happen until after the election. I, oh, no, I bet. How convenient. Too uh, politically costly to do it now. Yeah, I bet it is. Uh, Mr. Conacher, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. My pleasure. That is Duff Conacher. Yes, of course, never before the election, silly. We got a, a record number of kids failing math. And the Ford government is looking at making teachers take a a mandatory math test each year. Now, they'll argue it's unfair, but I think in the private sector, we could say that skills are tested all the time. It's here on Point on Global News Radio.